Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum. And in this HR Chat episode, we're going to consider the correlation between hours logged and productivity. According to a new study, Americans are clocking nearly 2,000 hours per year when it comes to work. However, the American work ethic differs drastically from one state to the next. Listeners, we consider which is the hardest working state in the US. My guest this time is Nick Goldberg, CEO at Ezra, a provider of digital coaching. Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Bill. Lovely to be here. So beyond my reintroduction there, Nick, why don't you start by telling our listeners all about yourself, your career background, and what you get up to at Ezra. I've always worked in the HR and, and learning space. Um, early on in my career, I worked in a firm who, who firmly believed there were 11 things that made people successful in leadership wherever they worked. And I think that gave me a, a, a great grounding into this space. And they had a fantastic way of measuring those behaviors, competencies, and developing them. And then, and then I kind of went into a a, a, a different space in, 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 in learning. And I moved to New York and spent a lot of time in America working with many organizations all over America around engagement surveys, around leadership development, and really figuring out how to, to measure a lot of the outcomes of the work that we do. And then, and then um, came back to the UK and spent my time leading an organization. So leading an, a large organization with over a thousand people um to in the outplacement space so particularly helping organizations and individuals their next best career move um and as part of that organization as well um did a lot of work in executive coaching um, and i'll come on to that in a moment but one thing i i firmly believe when i was the ceo of of that large organization was in culture was in my people i firmly believe that engagement and culture uh, leads to the most productive uh, and successful workforce. And it was in that organization where I had an idea. I had an idea um, after seeing the success that executive coaching had on executives and that one-to-one uh, relationship that a qualified coach has with their employee, that I thought there must be a way to do this for many more people in organizations all over the world. Why, why, why only executives should receive the best kind of development, the most personalized type of development. and came up with this concept of using a platform, a digital platform to make it more cost-effective, make it actually easier to use and easier to access for those individuals. And in turn, from all the learnings I had, make it measurable for our clients, our buyers, the, the large organizations that, that sponsor their colleagues to get this coaching support. And we created Ezra some in 2019 so not that long ago um, there was a very very small amount of us then we're now over 100 employees helping some of the largest organizations in the world from people like spotify and the royal bank of canada and companies very much in the press right now like astrazeneca and people like mcdonald's coach their people so um that's that's a very brief a potted history of my journey and and, and to where I am now and, and delighted to be on your show and, and to talk to your listeners about what we do. 
you started Ezra in 2019, Nick. Uh, you're already at 100 employees and you're working with some fantastic brands. What, what, what is it like to be a leader of a, of a rapidly growing, a, a quickly scaling business? And what are, the, what are two of the three of the biggest challenges that you've faced over the last couple of years? It's incredibly exciting is the, is the overall kind of adjective I would use. Um, a, a big part of it is, you know, it's not just a startup, a tech startup. It's actually a startup that has a massive impact on people. You know, we're, we're coaching thousands of people a month and, and through the platform, we're able to see the impact that's making on them and their organization and being able to see that's incredibly exciting. So, so I'd say that's exciting. The other exciting part is the opportunities we're giving to our employees and the opportunities that they're having to grow and develop. So I think exciting is the word. Excitement also comes with the odd bit of, um, you know, I would call it a roller coaster at times. You know, at times we call what we do internally kind of controlled chaos. There's so we're growing so fast. We're taking on so many people. We're taking on so many new customers, and we passionately believe in this idea of hypercare so giving our customers the very best service and at times that can feel kind of under the water slightly chaotic and i think as a leader uh, maintaining that sense of calm and maintaining that sense of um real direction and strategic vision for our team is is important um you know we we do a survey every month with our employees as we as we grow, um, we use a company called Pecon um, for our engagement survey. And I think one of the things and the reasons that we score well is we give everyone a real sense of aligned strategic direction, a real sense of alignment around all of the impact that we're having on our on our end users, our coaches. But the downside to it, and it's interesting, we'll talk about it today, is we definitely expect a lot from our people and whilst they're incredibly engaged and incredibly excited about the work that we do there's a lot of workload on them and with that kind of sense of incredible um achievement incredible sense of of loyalty to to, to ezra and what we do they put in the hours they continue to work incredibly hard and we've got to be careful around putting too much on people and I think that is something that as a leadership team we're very very aware of that, that we don't take advantage of people's passion they have for what we do um, and ultimately lead to you know awful things like burnout. So as part of my homework today I was reading over your website and it said Ezra means no long commutes to beige meeting rooms no back and forth emails trying to book a slot with Ezra everything happens in the app you can match with a coach, find a time to chat, uh, to talk or chat with your, your coach and go again all in one place. Now, online learning has, of course, Nick, been, been the norm since Q1 of 2020. Is it here to stay or will in-person coaching bounce back? I think there will always be a place. So let's just take that question firstly. I, I do think and, and touch wood and, and hopefully I know you're in Canada and it's, it's pretty tricky out there right now, but that we will go back to a world where people do go into offices, people do meet in coffee shops and, and, and lobbies and that we go to a place like that. So assuming we go to that world, I do think that there will always be a place where some people um, 
typically people who had had maybe traditional learning in the past will want that in-person coaching. I, I do think there will be a need for that at some point. That being said, I think that the one, one of the, the great things to come out of the pandemic is the comfort that we all have, not just with coaching via video um, online, but also if you think about all of the other great services that we've been able to access like therapy and, and doctors and, and personal training, I think, and even just having really deep and meaningful family conversations with your friends and family. I think that we've all got much more used to having great, great interactions online. And I think that the, the, the ease, and you, and you talked about some of the quotes on our website, but the frictionless is something we talk about a lot. The frictionless nature of what Ezra provides is something that will, will, will and enables us essentially to, to do this a lot more easily and a lot more frequently. And, you know, to be able to just book a session for this afternoon or for tomorrow and have that session without any of the drama or the hassle of, of travel and all the complications that that can create. And also the ease of doing it all in one place and, and for us being able to collect feedback after every single session that someone does just makes the whole thing much more valuable and much more effective. And I think what's really interesting on Ezra when we compare it to traditional coaching is people use it a lot more frequently. I think about um, the Uber analogy, you know, before Uber came out, and this is pre-pandemic, of course, I think I got taxis far, far less frequently than I did with Uber. And it actually probably stopped me going out as much or being able to, you know, just pop over and see a friend or pop out for a drink or pop out uh, for a meeting. And I think that's the same with, with Ezra and, and virtual coaching. People are able to, what we're seeing in the data is they do it far more frequently than they ever did in traditional because it's so easy to push two buttons and speak to a coach. And I think that will enable us to keep being able to offer and, and improve the service. But I do think that will change. That is the behavior that shifted. And I don't think that's going away. And I think that will mean that things like virtual coaching will end up being the vast majority of learning that people do when it comes to coaching versus in person. Okay, now then, I want to switch focus with you for a, for a little while, Nick, and I want to I want to talk about some recent research from Ezra that found that Alaska is the hardest working state in the U.S., with Alaskans working nearly six days more a year than the average American. And you're quoted as saying, "On paper, Alaska is the hardest working state in America, but the reality is that a whole host of factors are at play that can influence the number of hours worked." And these range from different working cultures or influences of a predominant industry within the state, the average age of the population, the average pay, and much, much more. So obviously there are loads of factors, and we're not going to jump into all of those today. But in general terms, Nick, can you can you share a little bit about the the survey with our audience? Sure. I think you know, in general terms, we're trying to understand the the link between. Um, the hours that put people put in uh, and productivity. And I think, you know, from a lot of the work that we do and, and the reason that we're, we're looking at this is to understand the, the input versus the output helps us think about when people have coaching sessions, 
they're far more productive at work because they use that space as a place to go to have that session and then enables them to really focus on the task at hand. And I think, you know, whilst, you know, and I, and I did make this quote, whilst data shows different levels between different states that might have different jobs, I don't necessarily think that it's a, it's an, you know, if someone puts in, in 10 hours versus someone putting in six hours, they're necessarily far more productive. And again, we've seen that in Ezra as we've grown. I think it's all about being smart in how you work. It's being smart with your time. It's focusing on, you know, small things like, you know, the outcomes you're looking to get from meetings versus um, just having meetings for meetings sake. You know, there is that the larger the companies, the more internal meetings you have and whether that leads to high productivity is questionable. And I think that's something that that should be looked at. I agree. And, you know, you're, you're a manager of people and, and you've seen different work patterns. I'm sure you've seen folk who have thrown themselves into their roles and perhaps, you know, we're working crazy hours on, on a regular basis. From your experience as, as an employee and, and as a leader, how much is too much? I mean, sure, it's, it's great to make money. But but what are you know if, if that is you you get paid overtime for example um, but but what what are the risks when one is all work and no play? It's a great question. I think I think too much is when when you start when it starts to really impact your your personal life. Um, you know, for, for, for the vast majority of people listening to this podcast, um, work is, it's a job. And, and you, the chances are that you will move to another job at some point and the company that you've left will continue without you. And, you know, you know a lot of wise people have told me the importance of, of family and friends and getting home to see your children and be there for their bath time or you know even it's quite interesting you know even during the pandemic we all thought oh well we're at home now so that means that we'll spend far more time with our family but for a lot of us that probably didn't quite work out as we thought because you know certainly in global roles and working different time zones often you were just at your desk so it was much easier to, to be on these calls and for me when does it become too much is when you start missing out on on stuff that is going to impact your personal life. And I think, you know, we, 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 we talked to our employees at Ezra about this, about switching off notifications at a certain hour, that the world, the show will go on if you switch off your phone. If you, and, and now it's your phone, it's your laptop, it's your iPad, it's your watch. There is so much distraction that can take you back to work. And I think it's, it's vital that you're able to switch off and when does it become too much is when you start missing out on those things you don't read your children bedtime stories you don't ever socialize with your friends um you have nothing else going on in your life apart from work and i think that is when it becomes too much and you know again to be quite honest with you i'm probably a, a, a victim of some of that personally and, and i think i've learned over the years that it's vital to to switch off on weekends on evenings, on vacations, um, and and if you're not, then it's too much. And there's another there's another answer around around work and and play. And I think you need to be able to have fun at work. Work 
you know, this, this concept of a work-life balance assumes that work is really bad and that life is really good. And I think that you need to also be aware that, that work needs to be fun too. And if, if on a Sunday night you are not excited in some way to go back to work because you're going to enjoy spending time with your colleagues, going to enjoy working on the project that you're working on, going to enjoy impacting your customers in some way, then I also think that's when you need to take a hard look at whether this is the right kind of place for you. Because again, we work so much that the work itself has to be fun. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually separate the two completely. I, I always advocate uh, the teachings of Simon Sinek and uh, asking yourself, what is your why? <laughs> what, why are you putting in all these hours? Yeah, what was that going to lead to? Is it, is it rewarding? But certainly if, if little Johnny is upstairs waiting for you to read him a bedtime story and you can't fulfill that, then you need to probably have a long, hard look at yourself. Um, we are already coming towards the end of this interview, Nick. Before we wrap up, just a couple more questions for you. What, what about presenteeism? Where does, where does that play into the, the equation? Okay, so at the moment, most people are still working from home and perhaps you've got these folk who do put in very long hours, but how many of those hours are really valuable? Where do you stand on, on, on the notion that you should have condensed hours and really concentrate, maybe use techniques like batching your work rather than trying to work over a longer period, but actually having some real downtime and unproductive hours as part of that? Yeah, I think, I think we have a, uh, don't like to use the word policy, but we have a kind of culture at Ezra where what we do is, is you know, we, we set very clear KPIs or, or outcomes that we're looking to get from each department, which then filters down to each employee. And we also have a very, very flexible view. And, and again, given that what we do is is global, I think, Yesterday, we, we delivered in 86 different countries and a number of different time zones in many different languages. And, and with that comes the, the kind of not expectation, but just the necessity for people to work all sorts of hours. But off the back of that, we accept and understand that that means that they're going to, you know, come in later or, or leave earlier or I say come in, they're going to start later or leave earlier. Uh, my, my view is, is so long as we are delighting our customers. We are keeping a really good sense of culture and, and belonging at, at Ezra. I think that that's, that that's the most important thing. I never, ever think about any more hours, people's clocking in, clocking out. I think that's, a, that's an old school mentality. And in today's world of flexible working, of global working, of working from home where where you know naturally we have other things that we need to, to manage and, and and work with and you know just think back to homeschooling and all of that i think that ultimately will influence our, our understanding that flexibility is key um and for me uh that's where i kind of stand on the on the presenteeism argument awesome thank you and just finally nick how can how can our listeners connect with you so whether that's through linkedin email maybe all over TikTok, um, and and how can they also learn more about all the cool things happening over at Ezra? So um, love people to follow Ezra Coaching on LinkedIn. That's our main social channel. It's it's we 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 don't just publish Ezra stuff. We we publish fantastic insights from 
real thought leaders in this space, please feel free to connect with me, Nick Goldberg, um, founder of Ezra on LinkedIn. Uh, would love and appreciate any connections um, and, and other insights and learnings that people have about the topics that we've discussed. I'd say they're, they're the two best, best places to find us. And of course, our website, uh, www.halloezra.com is, is the best place to, to find out more about what we do and, and how we help our customers. Perfect. And those links will be in the show notes as well, listeners. Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Nick Goldberg, thank you very much for joining me on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working and please do continue to stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.